Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode of Reach is brought to you by our sponsor, Jackie, another secret weapon that executive assistants and women who do it all need to know about. You guys all know that feeling, right? Staring at your closet and thinking to yourself, I have so many clothes and yet nothing to wear. That is why Jackie is here. Jackie is a high-end boutique subscription styling service that you apply to join. What I love about Jackie is you get to develop a relationship with your stylist. Your stylist is someone you can text or call or email with specific wardrobe needs or ideas you have. Or maybe there's an upcoming event or trip or meeting or even a wedding that your ex is going to be at that you really, really, really want to look fantastic for. Those are exactly the types of scenarios a Jackie subscription can help with. Each box from Jackie is filled with high quality clothing and accessories. Jackie is here to help all of us embrace our style and our confidence. This is subscription styling done right for the women who do it all. So apply to join Jackie and fall in love with your style this year. Visit shopjackie.com to apply to join and be sure to tell your stylist Maven sent you with code MAVEN20 for 20% off all the items kept in your first box. Welcome to Reach, your platform to connect with other executive assistants and acquire game-changing knowledge and perspective. Reach is designed to inspire your workday, guide you through pivotal moments in your career, and transform you into the executive assistant you've always wanted to be. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Reach. I'm your host, Jessica Van, founder and CEO of Maven Recruiting Group. And I have Molly McKnight here with me. Hi, Molly. Hi. Molly is currently an executive assistant at Handshake, where she supports the co-founder, the VP of People, the VP of University Success, which will make more sense once we explain what Handshake does, the VP of Marketing, and the VP of Engineering. So Molly is here today to talk to us about um, how we as executive assistants can find our voices and really gain the confidence and the assurance in uh, learning how to push back and say no and how to set effective expectations and boundaries, um, particularly coming from the viewpoint of like a mid-level EA who's maybe a little bit um, earlier in their career as opposed to a really veteran EA where I think it's more common that um, you may find yourself supporting multiple people and therefore being pulled in multiple ways and having multiple expectations to juggle. So um, I think this is going to be a super vibrant and helpful conversation to a lot of our audience, particularly those who are maybe a little bit more junior in their careers. So Molly, thank you for being here. Um, Handshake, for those who don't know, is the largest career platform for students and recent grads to find jobs. Um, And it does so by connecting them to employers who are specifically looking for that entry-level talent. So it's an incredible um, niche that it's fulfilling uh, within the marketplace. And also, interestingly, you know, you came from an education background and had kind of an, um, uh, I mean, you had your own personal experience as an educator. So I think that's a nice tangent into what you're doing now. Yeah, I've definitely had a non-traditional, long and winding road to Uh where I am now. That's the most interesting of roads, (laughs) the ones that wind and backtrack and 
All that good stuff. So yeah. um, to, to get us started, um, as we talked about, I mean, sometimes we all need to be able to really manage up and, and push back. And chances are that, you know, executive assistants who are listening in today um, have to deal with this on a daily, daily, if not, you know, constant basis. Um, but I think the act of managing up is, is truly an art and needs to be done with a level of finesse and delicacy and decorum so that it's not necessarily, you know, confrontational, but it's still effective in, um, com- in communicating what you need to communicate. So um, we're, we're really excited to have this conversation with you and, and to hear your advice and also the progress that you as an individual have made in getting comfortable um, in doing this. So to start us off, why do you think it's important to find your voice, particularly as an executive assistant? Um, I think that this applies to being an executive assistant and also to being a human being. Um, I think it's really important to know that you have something to offer in partnership with your executive. Um, it's not simply your job to just be a yes person or to only execute on black and white tasks like calendaring and travel and uh, you know booking restaurants, which are all certainly part of what an EA does. Um, but in a true partnership with your executive, you can offer your perspective and help enable your executive to be um, an efficient and effective leader. And also, if your executive sees that you are a full whole human being with something valuable to offer, um, you'll likely start to be trusted with higher level um, tasks and things that are more interesting and maybe more specific to your skill sets. It sounds like what you're saying is finding your voice ultimately lends to your credibility as, um, as, a, as a professional. Absolutely. Yeah. And have you seen that play itself out in the workplace? And Yeah, I think, um, and I know that you have talked about it on this podcast before, but I think that a really big part of being an EA um, or an assistant of any kind is being able to build trust with the people that you're supporting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, um, you know, part of showing them that you have your voice is, you know, showing them that you can be reliable, starting to not just be like a black and white, like, this is I'm a, I'm the professional. Yes, I will mm-hmm. do this for you. But also, you know, for example, I was working um, in an industry before where um, they got to know that I have a little bit more of a creative side. And so after mm-hmm. working and partnering with these people for a while, I started to be handed tasks like, hey, can you design these decks for mm-hmm. us? Can you like mm-hmm. look at what we're trying to achieve and, and just run with it? Mm-hmm. And I was able to um, be trusted with things that were frankly more interesting to me and um, very useful for them. So as a mid-level EA, um, it's not uncommon to, and sometimes even as a senior EA, but specifically we're, we're, we're thinking about mid-level EAs, um, it's not uncommon to find yourself supporting a lot of different people um, or even a team. And I know, you know, at one point you yourself were supporting, I think, 19 people. Yep. Yeah. So we want to know about that <laughs> um, because that just seems completely untenable to me. But, um, it's, you know, we're curious to know how in a situation like that where you're grossly outnumbered, um, how, how do you, one, set realistic expectations with the people that you're supporting? And how do you also protect yourself and ensure that you don't become overwhelmed? Because clearly it's not possible to provide the same level and attention to eight, 19 individuals, right, as it would be to a one-on-one person. So tell yeah. us about how that how that played out for you. Um, I think something that I learned in the process of supporting, you know, like a small army of people who needed my assistance was um, <laughs> just over-communicate and to be transparent, um, never letting them wonder um, in a lot of different ways. So um, 
one of the things that I've found uh, people I've supported have been very open to is when I'm very honest and transparent about um, these are the kinds of things I have on my plate right now. Or, for example, if I've just taken on someone new, I might say, um, you know, I just welcomed another executive onto my plate, um, which means that we may have to reorganize how we look at my support for you, but I'm still going to be able to you know, support you efficiently and effectively. And it's just a little bump that we're going to work through together. Isn't that such a nice soundbite, though? <laughs> I just welcomed a new executive onto my plate. <laughs> That's so nice, Molly. <laughs> uh, I really versus there was this reorg, and I got this person. What a nice way of phrasing that, right? It's totally. And actually, um, I'm like definitely a people person, mm-hmm. and so with every new person I get to support, I have the opportunity to learn about their personality and how we're going to communicate together, and you know what kind of support they need. Um, I find that not every flavor of support works for every single person, so. Mm-hmm. I kind of get excited to just get in there and say, who is this executive? How can I help them? What kind of help do they need? Right. How yeah. do you assess it, right? It's, yeah. it's part of like understanding the landscape. Definitely. But, so in situations like where you have the 19 people mm-hmm. and you have this new person on your plate, and so how did, how did you in that situation address the conflict of, you know, you're working on something for one of your executives and you're totally tunnel vision, like trying to crank this thing out for them because it's priority for them and it's, there's a deadline for them. And then this other person says to you, well, you know, this is top priority for me and this done right now. How do you manage and buffer those competing situations? Um, I think that one of when I was working with a team of people, one of my favorite things that they just love to say all the time was, I need this right now. I need this immediately. I need this right away. And um, I would listen to them say that. And I would also say, okay, but can we dig a little deeper? What do you mean by you need this right now? Do you need it by the end of the hour? Do you need it by lunch? Do you need it by the end of the day? Mm -hmm. Because essentially every day I would walk in with a set of priorities and immediately would have to reshift them based Mm -hmm. on um, what was coming at me and what was already existing. So yeah, I think it was just really important to say, let's get more specific. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to help you out with this and I am going to help you out with this, but Mm -hmm. also know that I have other priorities that are competing and I want to make sure that everybody gets what they need. Mm -hmm. And did you find that, that people were generally receptive to that when you phrased it in that way? Definitely. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what everybody's workload w- it looks like mm-hmm. or what everybody's executives look like. I've been extremely blessed, so blessed to always work with people who are um, receptive and mm-hmm. are also concerned about my well-being. The people, when I was supporting 19 people, they all were aware of that. Yeah. And so um, there was also a balance of um, at a certain point, they were trying to protect me and protect my time. Yeah. And I would also, um, I then also had the task of going to them and saying, hey, um, I see that you're working on this, but I would love to take that off your hands. Yeah. Um, and I have the capacity to do it. So really just an yeah. ongoing conversation of like, you yeah. tell me what you need. And then I see that you're doing this, but I can do it for you. Yeah. Um, and just it's kind of a balancing act. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what's nice, too, about that anecdote is you are kind of allowing people to be reasonable human beings when you say things like that and mm-hmm. and just being really forthcoming about what your constraints are in and in not a um, unsupportive way or not in a way as to suggest that you're inflexible, or you're not willing to help, but just in, hey, this is the reality of, 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 of my landscape. I'm 100% want to support you and I'm here for you, but how can we, you know, how can we as reasonable people manage this? Yeah, I think um, there's uh, the EA field and the assisting field 
generally attracts people who want to take on everything and save the world. Mm -hmm. Um, But at a certain point, you have to look at your day and look at the time that you have in a day Mm -hmm. and think, like, how can I preserve the quality of my work product Mm -hmm. and also my own mental sanity? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) And also make sure that the people I'm supporting feel well taken care of. Right. Well, and that was the second part of, of my question is how do you ensure that you don't become overwhelmed in a situation like that where you have 19 people? Um, so I personally um, really love being organized. It's my jam. And I think one of the reasons I really fit in well as an EA, Mm -hmm. um, I have a series of, um, you know, notebooks uh, where as soon as I get a task, I write it down, whether it's via email or via Slack or somebody just walking up to me and asking for something. So nothing ever gets dropped. Um, That has been a really huge tool for me. Um, I you know, I'm a child of the 80s, so I really like to go old school. And I have a little like $2 spiral notebook that's my absolute life mm-hmm. is in that notebook. Is it a Mead? M E A D? It might be. It or might it be. might or is even it, just be or like is it an the black brand. speckled one. Oh, <laughs> I, I get it. The 99 cent bin at Target? It has to, okay, Love. it has to have the spiraled <laughs> edges oh. for um, ease of page turns. It's very crucial for me. Okay, I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, so, I really honestly think that staying organized um, in whatever fashion that means for you. I think a lot of people utilize technology a lot more than I do. I I know that there are a lot of apps or um, there's a task bar, you Mm -hmm. know, as a part of the G Suite that I thought was really cool. And then I was like, actually, this isn't really what I want. I just Mm want to write things down with Mm -hmm. a pen like a grandma. Um, So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because there is still something super. Let's just take a moment and acknowledge how satisfying it is when you take that big pen and you just Oh, my gosh. It's the best. Tear it across the line. It's so satisfying. So uh, this job that you were in, this 19-person job, so I think um, it's, it's also it's, it's interesting because I think not only did you have 19 people, but also the industry. We didn't speak about that. And um, as you shared with me previously to this conversation, you were in working in an investment banking environment, mm-hmm. which I think can be... Um, particularly frenetic with, you know, the level of demand and how things are shifting and the urgency around transactions and deals. And Mm -hmm. I think you had a particularly unique title, if I'm not mistaken. I did. I was an execution assistant, Mm. which I love to tell people (laughs) about because then they often ask me like, okay, did you wear a hood? Did you get to carry an axe? And I said, yeah, it was an extra small hood. from the medieval times. Yeah, Yeah, there was the robes. It was really hard for me to give them away. It was a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But essentially, I was being staffed on deals um, as part of I was assisting junior bankers. Um, So I was going from start to finish all the way through the deal process, um, basically wearing every hat and doing any task that they handed off to me. Um, That was a really interesting pivot in my career to go from I was teaching music before um, I worked in nonprofits. I taught English in Germany. And then suddenly I was in an investment banking world where I had to wear slacks. Yeah. (laughs) Of all things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm really happy to be back in jeans at a startup. That's right. It just suits me better. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. (laughs) And at one point, you were supporting 19 people, and you're still supporting, actually, a good number of people. You're supporting four people currently at Handshake. But I'm curious to know, you know, going from supporting 19 people to supporting four people, how has pairing back the number of individuals um, allowed you to kind of augment the brand of support that you, as Molly McKnight, you know, <laughs> provide to your executives? 
um, I'm able to support people in a way that's much more customized and personal and, frankly, less um, frantic and sterile. Um, my VPs are all really lovely, dynamic, caring people with very different needs um, and very different teams. Um, so unlike when I was working in the in the investment bank where everyone was sort of doing the same thing um, generally, maybe on different deals or different um, areas, mm-hmm. um, the, in, at, at Handshake, I'm truly getting to work with like very, very different kinds of people and very different kinds of teams. And so I find myself having to tailor even the way that I phrase things or the way that I approach the team Mm. um, based on who's on the team. And um, who's on the team often, uh, you know, that has a lot to do with what's going on with the executive. So I think it's also really important to know who's on my executive's team, you know, and be comfortable with them. They're comfortable coming to you when they need things within reason. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, if you're just looking at the the group here, you've got the VP of marketing, the VP of engineering. I don't know them individually, but they're very different organizations and very different styles of thinking that lend themselves. You know, you know, what is your personal kind of technique or secret sauce that you found um, in learning how to manage up and learning how to push back in a gentle but effective way? Um, first of all, I just want to acknowledge how much I truly love the phrase secret sauce. Uh-huh. And I'm going to make a conscious <laughs> effort to <laughs> incorporate that more into my daily life. So well said. <laughs> so glad that we could give you like that nugget, that little jewel. Yes. I You're just, welcome, yeah, Molly. Thank You're you. welcome. It's just more colorful and better than any way I've uh-huh. heard that put before. So well done. Um, so I think one of the things that's really crucial is... Um, Understanding your executive's um, priorities. So um, I actually, since I'm a compulsive note taker, I like to have a shared Google Doc with my executive where um, I'm keeping track of um, what's going on with them, what their priorities are even all the way down to like, what do you prefer for lunch from these five different places? So if I need to grab you lunch, I don't have to even ask what you want. Um, And it's really, truly a living, breathing document that Mm -hmm. I can update at any time and they can update. And I'll usually pull it up during our Um, one-on-ones. It just really makes my job a lot easier when the schedules are starting to get back to back, which they almost always are. Mm -hmm. Um, If I have another meeting come on that says it needs to be urgent, um, if I understand my executive's priorities, I can say, okay, how do I need to bump this one-on-one? Like, which priorities are going to take a hold at this point? Um, How am I going to shift things around um, as if I am this executive acting in Mm -hmm. their best interest? Mm -hmm. And then I also think it's really, really important to get to know their communication style. Um, So how do they prefer to be communicated with? um, Which things are appropriate to ask them over Slack versus put Mm -hmm. in an email? Mm -hmm. What is their response time with those two different platforms? are they open to having feedback flow in both directions, which, I, in my opinion, if you have um, a good executive, they should be because mm-hmm. it's really um, a, a working relationship where you're both building each other up. Mm-hmm. Also, I think there's a really important thing to understand where if a executive hands you a task, are they the kind of executive that wants to be CC'd on every email and they want to know every single detail and they want you to run every decision by them? Or are they the kind of executives that says, I just don't want to think about this. Can you please just run with it? Whatever Mm -hmm. you do is fine. Mm -hmm. And I think both options are cool in their own way. So when you're supporting multiple people, as you have throughout your entire career, how do you pivot or calibrate 
according to the different styles or preferences that each of these people that you work for have? Um, I think this is where it really comes in that most EAs or a lot of EAs have like pretty high emotional intelligence to be able to really feel out what is it that this executive needs. Um, I think you can tell pretty quickly if you're, you know, talking about your weekend and you can just see them like glaze over or they're just like shuffling their papers and looking at like, okay, this person doesn't care that Mm -hmm. I went to this awesome basketball game. What they really want to do is just let's knock out these tasks and talk about their calendar and then they're going to like leave right away. And Mm -hmm. that's completely fine. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not... Um, I think sometimes people look at executives that are just cut cut and dry in mm-hmm. that way and take it a little personally or be like, oh, my God, my boss is kind of like, ah. but it's really just a matter of like, how is this person who has a lot of pressure and stresses on them? What is it that they're looking for from mm-hmm. me? And how can we be more efficient? I, I have executives who say, how, how are you doing? How's it going? Wow, you're supporting four of us. Are you doing okay? Is the workload okay? And and I have other executives who are like, okay, great. So let's talk about my travel schedule. And then we're going to talk about this. Okay, thank you very much. And that's it. And mm-hmm. and both are good and both are okay. And I'm able to adapt to both styles. Mm-hmm. So how do you test for whether someone's open to feedback? Um, actually, with one of my executives, um, we had the conversation in our first meeting. Um, we just sort of established that... Um, I like we actually even talked about how do you like to receive feedback? How do you like to, you know, receive praise? Some people are comfortable with you coming over and saying, Molly, thank you so much for doing that. Or maybe if I was someone who is more of like a shrinking flower, Mm -hmm. maybe I would just prefer something in a message Mm -hmm. and not to be like publicly acknowledged. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's a matter of, again, tailoring it to everybody is different. We've got introverts and extroverts. Mm -hmm. We have um, all different colors and flavors of people Mm -hmm. um, at Handshake and um, in my previous work. So I really think it's just a matter of having that open conversation, being transparent Mm -hmm. with your executive, um, your executive they're really important and all the things that they're doing are so valuable to the organization, but also they're not a big, scary monster Mm -hmm. who doesn't care about you or your well-being. And obviously it really benefits the executive if you're somebody who wants to grow and is willing to take feedback. Um, So I think, yeah, going in both directions, it really does nothing except for it, it grows the working relationship and allows you and enables you to be the best version of yourself and the best version of you as an EA that you can be. I couldn't agree with you more on that one. What about when it comes to having to challenge an executive, right? And I think you've given some good, great examples of how to uh, kind of establish good, good working habits and kind of good working flow. But what about when um, maybe an executive has tasked you with something that you just don't think makes sense or maybe it doesn't align with the priorities that you believe – are, you know, um, most critical for them or that it would create, you know, um, an extra layer of chaos that maybe they don't need to take on. Right. So Mm -hmm. what about when you and in your convictions really know that something is not right? um, What what strategies have you found for being effective at challenging your executive or managing up in that regard? Um, I think it's really important that um in all types of relationships that you make sure that the other person understands that you've heard them and you understand that they're proposing it and there's probably a reason why that they're proposing it. Um, However, um, I I like to go into those conversations and 
a lot of things, actually, um, as prepared as possible. So I think that I would want to go into a conversation like that with some backup suggestions that are, that I've really well thought out, like, hey, I hear what you're saying, and I and I understand that this is the way this has typically been done. However, um, what if we look at it this way and, you know, this is how we would execute it X, Y, Z on this plan. Or maybe if that's not exactly what you're thinking, we could also look at it in this in this way. What do you think about doing it like this? I think your team would be really receptive to you behaving in this way. Or are you taking meetings in this way or, or us looking at your time in this different way? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think making it less of a confrontation and more of a conversation. I have an executive who is very in demand and she travels a lot mm-hmm. and she has a lot to, of like just really important things to say and a lot to value add to her team. Mm-hmm. And she is one of those people who is literally no time in her schedule for anything but meetings and calls. Um, and when I first started supporting to her, she made it very clear to me, like, let's make some more. I would like to have some more breathing room in my schedule. And I looked at her schedule and said, yeah, you need that. Um, let's look at what's reasonable. Um, mm-hmm. She had initially mapped out, I want an hour lunch every single day. Mm-hmm. And I want to have an hour, an hour and a half every single day of office hours for my staff. Mm-hmm. And I said, I think that intention is really good. And I love that you are um, – you know, making time to be a human and feed yourself, super important. Mm-hmm. I want you to eat. That's mm-hmm. great. Um, and I love <laughs> that you're valuing your employees enough that you're making yourself open and available to them. Mm-hmm. However, I think that that amount of time for office hours is not reasonable given, given the number of requests on your time and based on the number of um, appointments that I generally mm-hmm. book for you. Mm-hmm. So let's do this. I'm going to attempt the hour lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I may um, partner a call and turn it into a lunch with that person. So mm-hmm. you're still having lunch, but it's also kind of mm-hmm. like a working lunch. Mm-hmm. And let's let's cut the hours of office time down to consistently doing it on Thursday and Friday afternoons mm-hmm. when things are like a little bit more chill and maybe um, everyone you're working with has had time to really think about things or have things come up that they'd like to speak with you about. And they'll, they know that you're consistently available an hour and a half on in the afternoon on Fridays and an hour on Thursdays. That's not um, a ton of time, but I do think that we would achieve more quality over quantity in that case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and great. she agreed. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, that's a really nicely laid out argument. You know, I think it's, it, it demonstrates a lot of thoughtfulness on your part in recognizing what her constraints are, mm-hmm. um, but also what your constraints are, right? Yeah. Because you also know, well, what do I need to, you know, uh, what do I need to get onto her calendar? Mm-hmm. What are all of the different pieces that I'm trying to juggle in order to effectively support her? And sometimes, you know, you may have a clearer um, picture of that landscape than even she does. Because Definitely. as the gatekeeper, you know <laughs> all the people that are trying to get through the gates. You Definitely. Know? Yeah. 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 That's great. That's cool. a really nice example. So, um can you give us exam- an example on the on the flip side of maybe a situation where you attempted to push back and it and it didn't really get received effectively, or maybe a situation where you could have done a better job of of framing the argument to where maybe you would have had a different outcome? So, I would say a time maybe when I pushed back and it didn't go in my way uh, the way that I had thought it should go. Um, In those instances, it may be a situation where I don't have all the information. So um, they're proposing one thing and I say, actually, I think scheduling wise, this would make more sense. And they will say, well, you know, given my travel and I've talked to this person before, 
there might be a lot of outlying factors that I'm just not privy to, um, then I may say, oh, well, I didn't know that. Okay, let's mm-hmm. go ahead and do it your mm-hmm. way. That's totally fine. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't have any um, ego in that. I just mm-hmm. want to give them what I think is going to be best for their schedule mm-hmm. and what's going to allow them to, you know, be the best possible leader mm-hmm. and, um, you know, voice and advocate for our awesome company. Mm-hmm. I will say that uh, many years ago, I will I would define myself as the textbook definition of a people pleaser, 100%. All I want to do is say yes. Mm-hmm. Even when I was a teacher, it was something I struggled with, like, I just want this room of 25 first graders to like me. Mm-hmm. Like, I want everyone to be on board mm-hmm. with what I'm offering them. Like, let's be friends. Um, and I think that as I've grown as a person and I've grown in my career journey, I've really learned um, that it actually benefits me more to um, be assertive mm-hmm. and um to, you know, sometimes saying yes is actually going to be the opposite of pleasing people because you're going to you're then going to end up overextending yourself and mm-hmm. you'll things will drop or mm-hmm. you'll come back to them with a work product that's not good. Yeah, subpar. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, you just won't be able to get to it at all. So I think there's something to be said for, um, you know, setting boundaries and speaking up for yourself actually right. is more pleasing to people than just being a yes man. Right. Um, which feels counter- counterintuitive at first. But in my own personal journey yep. with um, being assertive, and honestly, the more I do it, the easier it gets because I keep running into instances where I stand my ground and then the world doesn't end. Mm-hmm. And every time it's like, oh, the world didn't end. Mm-hmm. I can do this. Like mm-hmm. I can set boundaries that are good for me, not unreasonable. And actually, I think that work, all, all relationships benefit from healthy boundaries. I also really liked what you said about the fact that, you know, wanting to be available to all people at all times can actually erode ultimately the quality of what you can deliver. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that people in in, in, in in with only operating from the best of intentions, Definitely. right? I mean, well, that people are only saying yes to everything because they have only the best of intentions in mind. Um, but I think they're not recognizing that it could very likely um, result in, you know, a less desirable outcome. So I think just like saying that out loud is really powerful because it gives people a lot of... Um, uh, confidence to, you know, exercise some self, self-restraint self there. Yeah, we don't have to burn ourselves out to mm-hmm. be good at our jobs. Yeah, and actually not burning yourself out probably means you're going to be better at your job. So Hooray. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> good stuff. Good takeaways. So a uh, question for you as we're kind of wrapping up. If you could support anyone in the world, who would it be and why? So I haven't listened to all of the episodes of this podcast yet, but I, I have I have listened to what? some of them. I know. I'm so sorry. Molly. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of a fan are you? No. <laughs> I just really have to get in this American life every week. It's really important to me. <laughs> um, so I hope I'm not repeating an answer here, but if I am, I definitely understand why. Um, my answer to this question is Michelle Obama. Um, the reason that I choose Michelle Obama is... Um, Probably obvious, but I'll go ahead and say it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, she is someone who absolutely pulled herself up by her bootstraps. Um, she's one of those people that just had laser focus um, and really drove her career kind of in a straight line and actually was someone who um, 
you know, looking at it from an EA perspective, was when is able to enable and empower Mm -hmm. Barack Obama Mm -hmm. to be, um, you know, the best president that he could be and the Mm -hmm. president that we're all really grateful that we were able to have for Mm -hmm. so long. Um, But also I think that she's somebody who really puts her money where her mouth is. I think it's really easy um, as somebody who is more visible or, you know, almost a celebrity of some kind to uh, not be able to back up what you have to say. And I think a lot of the things that she did around, you know, um, shining a light on poverty and nutrition mm-hmm. and and things of that nature. She was a very active first lady. Mm-hmm. And I think that as someone who I would be supporting, we would be able to, um, you know, she would want to foster my growth as I sort of facilitate hers. Well, Molly, this has been so much fun. <laughs> Honestly, like you're, oh my gosh, you're delightful. You're delightful. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, no, this has really been and like I think there's so many great sound bites. I'm excited to actually play this back and really dig in because I think that there's just a lot of um, a lot of really great clear nuggets that you've offered here in finding your voice and um, you know learning how to juggle multiple people on your plate and doing so in a way that's diplomatic that doesn't offend but that really helps to restore balance and keep balance in a situation that could honestly become very untenable. So I think you've given us a lot of really great um, techniques and sound bites for how to do that. Um, I, again, my personal favorite, I've just welcomed another executive <laughs> onto my plate. That's just great. And I gave you secret sauce. So there you go. Oh, my gosh. We're, even. We're one for one. <laughs> one I'm for so one. glad I came yeah, in. It's great. My life is better. But, right? Yeah. So, thank you so much. Thank you. Reach is brought to you by Maven Recruiting Group, who specializes in placing executive assistants and support staff to the Bay Area's most prominent executives and companies. You can learn more about Maven at www.mavenrec.com. Mm-hmm.